It's time. Moving forward with a direction. Uh, I'm your host, Pastor Tyler Campbell, and we have our co-host with us. Franklin Witter. Uh, there you go, Franklin. I'm glad you got the cue there. Um, <laughs> Franklin, we are discussing what was introduced to our congregation at the last members meeting, the, the diagram of a wheel that we didn't have a name to. You and Pastor Kelly came up with... The Dial of Destiny. Of course. Yeah. Indiana Jones. It, <laughs> it, yes. Um, but I had a church member reach out and, and say, Raleigh Rhodes Great Commission Wheel. I thought, well, why not? Not very catchy, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the, the wheel's a rough draft, so the name's a rough draft yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, we want to take this episode and we want to dive into this wheel. We want to dive into all the information that was presented at the last members meeting and even give a little bit more information regarding the different areas, w- what's going on with this wheel, why did some things come into existence, and well, frankly, just whatever else comes out, I guess would be fair to say. Sounds good. Okay. Hey, let's start at the innermost portion of the wheel. And if I can figure out how to post the wheel in the description of this podcast, I'm going to do that just so everybody has a visual. But don't, don't, I'm not guaranteeing anything. There's a prize for anybody that can recreate it without looking at it, just based on the conversation we have, though. Oh. I don't know the, what that prize is going to be, but uh, <laughs> figure that out. We've got something. But we don't know what yet. Um, So we've got at the core of this wheel, we've got three convictions. And and I think this is just, I think this is bigger than what even the diagram represents. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I did, this is for you, Pastor Kelly, um, I alliterated all three of these. That's outstanding. Yes, yes. All with ease, three words, equip, engage, and extend. Now, those are three words that are powerful in and of themselves, but those are three words that have supreme measure and purpose to the local church. Mm-hmm. So frankly, when I say equip, I'm talking about equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Ephesians chapter 4. One of the primary functions of the church. It, it's got to be. Yeah. If the church is not equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, then the church ceases to be a church. Right. We're just a social club. Right. Yeah. It's that big of a deal. Um, well, we, gosh, I could talk about these all day long. i got to be mindful of the time. So let me just go ahead and move on because I was about to comment more and more on equipping. Um, engage. How about, how about this aspect of engaging the world, Franklin? Hmm. So uh, if, if all we do is equip the church and we stop there, then we're creating spiritual gluttons. We, we, we are equipping for the purpose of fulfilling the great commission that Christ has, has, has commanded us to, to do, to go and tell the world the good news of, of Christ and baptize in his name. Yeah. Um, and, and so we, we've got to engage. Um, that, that's also part of our function as, as a body. So. Yeah, we are created to be ascending people, mm-hmm. a going people. And so engaging the world for the sake of God's glory, mm-hmm. for the sake of his kingdom, for the sake of our own community. Yeah. I, I, th- I think this is, dare I say, Franklin, that this is where having a burden for the lost must become bigger mm-hmm. for every local church. That, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
Okay, so we've got equip the saints, we've got uh, engage the world, and then lastly, extend the kingdom. Now, why do we talk about the kingdom? I, I did a podcast episode about the kingdom of God, a very confusing topic, mm-hmm. but, but why so much talk about the kingdom? Well, that was, that was Jesus's purpose, right? It was, was building the Father's kingdom, right? He, building the, the kingdom of God. Um, and, and again, we're, we're saved, we're, we're, we're plugged into the church to grow uh, in, in faith and in knowledge for the purpose of being sent out to further the kingdom and to extend, extend the kingdom. So yes. again, it's just that it's a natural flow to what you have in, in the diagram, right? You, you get equipped, you engage with the world, and then you're, you're sent out to extend the kingdom. Yes, and it's a circle. So it's, there's a, there's a never-ending component to this. You're right. never done being equipped. Right. You're never done you know, going mm-hmm. and extending, uh, engaging the world and, and extending the kingdom. I think it's important for us to see the kingdom properly here because um, it, it can be so easy to make the local church our end. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and for us here at Raleigh Road, we could say it's all about us as a local church, but it's not. Right. Every local church exists for the sake of the kingdom. That's right. That was Jesus' message, as you already pointed out. Mm-hmm. The, the kingdom is at hand. Mm-hmm. Repent. The kingdom is near. I think Jesus only talked about the local church that we know of mm-hmm. just a handful of times. Right. I'm, I know he talked about it a whole lot more than that, um, but mm-hmm. that's recorded for us. Right. Wow. Okay, so we've got this, the, the, the inner circle of the wheel that's got our three uh, convictional words, equip, engage, and extend. And then we branch outside that, that inner circle, and we've got nine pieces of the pie. So it's time, moving forward with the direction, what direction are we moving into? So we've got nine pieces of the pie. Let's, let's walk through uh, all nine of these, and we'll begin with the equipping side of things. Um, Franklin, you're serving as our, our, our uh, Director of Worship Ministries. Mm-hmm. How fitting is it that we talk about corporate worship just for a few moments? Okay. Corporate worship, obviously, a very important function of the church. And, and it's important to us individually and collectively, right? We, we are created to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're going to worship something, uh, but we, we, we are commanded to worship God above all else. And so corporate yeah. worship is, is critical um, we, we come together, we speak to one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, edifying each other, building one another up, glorifying the Father together. Um, it, it's a super important function yeah. of the church. I said, now, we, we, could, we could sit here and talk for forever <laughs> about this. <laughs> I'm just going to point everybody back to the, the podcast we did several weeks back on, on corporate worship and wh- yeah. how we approach it, um, if you're wanting to dig more into that. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and just to, to highlight the importance of it, you know, the word ecclesia, the, the Greek term for church, it means assembly. Mm-hmm. It means a gathering. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find ourselves prioritizing the corporate gathering of the saints. Mm-hmm. So part of equipping the saints deals with gathering with the saints. Yep. All right, so if we want to talk more about that or if you're, if you're interested more about that, we have already done a podcast about that topic. As Franklin pointed out, um, resource yourself with that episode. Let's keep moving for the sake of all things conversation of what mm-hmm. else is uh, 
uh, a piece of the pie. I keep saying pie, but it's it's a it's a spoke in the wheel. Yeah, is that right? That, that would be fair to say. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, how about equip classes? Uh, equip classes. Let's define equip classes. Uh, equip classes are classes that are meant to do exactly as the title says: equip the saints for the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about classes such that are going on right now: apologetics, systematic theology how to read your Bible, how to study your Bible, how to share your faith, how to disciple someone. Um, You and I have talked about this one recently. What if you're journeying with someone that's going through an addiction? How do you do that? Mm -hmm. That's probably a good equip class that needs to happen. So there's, there's all different styles of equip classes. You can go from Christian living topics, uh, marriage, singleness. You, You can go to, um, Christian maturity, sanctification. We're talking about spiritual disciplines every other episode. Mm-hmm. And so those factor into a type of equipped class. You could be theological in nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, we love studying the end times, don't we? Oh, have mercy, yes. So we, we, we have all kinds of different topics. What, what's the benefit What's the benefit, frankly, from your perspective? Because I've, I've got one other angle of conversation I want to take, but speak to the benefit that you see of equipped classes at Raleigh Road. So there, there's several. Uh, one is in that process of being equipped, we learn more about who God is. And as we learn more about who God is, we understand more of who we are as his creation yeah. and how we are to relate to him and and. And, and then that, that should benefit us in, in growing closer to him. And, and, and in growing closer to him, it's not just, it's not just knowledge. It's not just the understanding. It, it's, a, it's a passion that then should build within us hmm. because we're starting to understand the Father's heart better, understanding how we are to relate to him better. There should be a passion that we build for him and for his service, and that, that starts pushing us further down the wheel, right, and moving mm-hmm. us into ministry, moving us into, into engaging with the world around us as a result of that. So I, I see those as some primary benefits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the one area of these equipped classes that I think is vital to point out, um, there's several places in the New Testament specifically where the office of elder— sometimes pastor, but mm-hmm. typically of elder, is connected to the spiritual maturity of the flock. Mm-hmm. I think of Hebrews 13. Mm-hmm. You've got a really strong word about the congregation submitting to leaders, but I don't think that's the strong word there. <laughs> I think that's the easy part of the text. Mm-hmm. The reason is because what comes next is the leaders serve in a manner as if they are held accountable to the spiritual well-being, the spiritual maturity of the people. Mm-hmm. So elders are serving one day to stand before God and be held accountable as to the spiritual maturity of the people. Yep. So I think that's vital. Yep. I think it's vital to understand because what that should do for elders, I know what it does in my mind, is it should almost want to force a way or at least prioritize a way that we can measure the kind of disciples we are producing at Raleigh Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're measuring the kind of disciples, we're, we're, we're not just talking about the content they're receiving, we're talking about the byproduct that comes from the content. The fruit of the Spirit. The, Absolutely. The fruit of growth, yeah. Absolutely. 
So equip classes, it gives us something that makes it a bit more measurable mm-hmm. and, and allows us to say, okay, here may be some weaknesses of our congregation. We're going to talk about personal evangelism in a little bit. Mm-hmm. What if a lot of our people say, well, I, I'm not comfortable sharing the faith. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not comfortable giving the gospel away. Maybe we need to equip that yeah. part of the church. Yeah. So y- you have that kind of benefit as well with these classes. Right. So you, you put a lot of emphasis on, on the elders' responsibility in equipping and, and kind of the standard that they're held to, which is a, a really high bar. Mm-hmm. But what about for the, the congregant, right? What about the, the person that's attending the equip class? Is it just, hey, I show up and I sit through it and, and I'm good? Or is there an expectation of, of more to really get the full benefit out of the equipping process? Yeah, I think that's where the first first thing that came to my mind was the the letter of James. Mm. You know, a, a faith without works versus a faith with works. Mm-hmm. Um, any, let me see if I can state this correctly. The only type of growing Christian that I've ever seen or experienced, and this seems to be biblical, the only type of growing Christian I've ever experienced is not just maturing in their faith, but it, they're reflecting it in their fruit. Mm-hmm. So the more growth and maturity of the disciple, yep. the, the can I say, a greater Christian they are, a more mature believer mm-hmm. in their works, in their actions, in, in what they are doing for the sake of the kingdom. And, and getting to that point, is it's more than just listening, right? It, it's really internalizing what you've learned. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going back through what was discussed in an equip class and chewing on it a little bit to figure out, okay, what, what do I do in light of this information? Like, what, what does this mean about yeah. either there's you know, defects in my character maybe that need to be addressed and sin that needs to be brought before God, or, or there's sins of omission in my life where I'm just not being obedient to things God's clearly commanded and I need to go engage and do whatever that action might be. It's like you've got to take away from those classes and, and work through that. You can't just say, "Oh, I showed up and that's good." You've yeah. got to do more. Yeah, right. Yeah, you you you've got to put the effort into. Is it like anything else? Mm-hmm. If you go to the workplace, yep, and don't put forth effort, you probably are finding a different workplace. Probably so. <laughs> so you you have the same type of a uh, a need or a commissioning of a disciple. Mm-hmm. to put forth that effort. Yep. There's got to be the sweat equity. Yeah, Like Paul said, working out your faith with fear and trembling, right? Yes. It's not, it's not a working out in terms of earning your salvation. It's just you, you are saved, and now how do I grow? It's working out your faith. Yeah. Um, so there's an effort. Yeah. Well, a part of equipping the saints deals with classes that we would offer here at Raleigh Road that we're calling Equip Classes. Here, here's another way that we equip the saints for the work of ministry at Raleigh Road. It, it's through ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we mean by ministries? Well, it could be um, events such as a, a men's event or a women's event or a conference or a seminar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we've talked about, our family ministry has talked about a parenting seminar that's upcoming. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be kids' ministries. It could be family ministries. It could be weekly programming of kids and students. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be our joy group. Worship ministry. It could be. It could be just about anything that happens around the church in the name of ministry. That's a part of equipping the saints. Mm-hmm. Franklin, did you know that even serving on a committee should be a part of discipleship? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. I, again, we're, we're equipped for the purpose of then starting to serve. And, and so the, the ministry, as we put it in the wheel here as part of the equipping process, it's kind of, what I'm hearing is kind of an, an internal focus to, to serving within the local body. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that, that is a place to start living out the things that, that we've been equipped with yeah. and putting them to use for the, the benefit of the local body as a, as a stepping stone into what we would do to engage with the, the community around us. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of these type ministry opportunities, mm-hmm. a lot of these serve as on ramps to us as a church as well. Mm-hmm. You have a men's event. Maybe you can invite that person to a men's event that maybe is not as comfortable walking to a Sunday morning service. Yep. Same thing with women's events. Uh, same thing with kids' ministry. Uh, I know coming this fall, we've got a fall festival. That's a prime opportunity to invite the the, the family that you're playing sports with this fall. Yep. Uh, the, the family down the road, your neighbors. You know, They may be more willing to come where there's an inflatable to jump on at first, Yep. And then you can get the introduction to a, a, a church service. Yeah, uh, people will definitely show up for fun and fellowship events when they're completely uncomfortable showing up for one of our Sunday morning services. Yeah, it, especially if, if they're not if they're not a believer, right? They're they're going to kind of come to those things potentially first. So it is a great way to just get them into the community, get to know them better, get them yeah. you know to introduce to other people in the community. And, and build that relationship as a way of, of then engaging with them yeah. to, to share the gospel. So, Fun, fellowship, and food. Sounds Baptist. Those, those things always seem to, to get people. Yeah. <laughs> so part of equipping the saints is in our ministries. Mm-hmm. What we're doing either on a weekly basis, maybe even monthly basis, quarterly basis, the things that happen throughout the calendar year that ministry occurs in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's equipping the saints, all, all those components. Now, does that mean it's limited to those three things? No. But what we're saying here is we're prioritizing these three areas. Mm-hmm. We, we know that these three areas is going to help produce the disciple that biblically we're called as a local church to produce. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we're after with equipping the saints. Well, how about engaging the world? We've got three areas of engaging the world that, well, let's talk about for a few moments. The first one's probably a bit common sense, mm-hmm. uh, volunteering. Yep. When we say volunteering, we're, we're meaning more of that, that well, you made mention of that inward focus. That's kind of what we're looking for here. Yep. We've got ministries such as worship ministry. Mm-hmm kids ministry, nursery, we've got student ministry, volunteer needs. Yep. There are needs that happen with practically every ministry that we do. Yep. And you know, there's a, I think there's a, a temptation, if you will, to, to somehow sometimes think that certain volunteer opportunities aren't as important as others. Hmm. But, but there, you know, I go back to what Paul said about the body. There, there are no unimportant parts of the body, it takes all of these different functions within the church for us to, to carry out all the ministries of the church. And it's like a, a, an example of that is with the worship ministry. You, you may not be able to sing a note. You, you may be completely uncomfortable with technology, but you could volunteer in the nursery and support the teams that are doing all those things by watching kids while we're holding rehearsals or, yeah. you know, 
preparing for Sunday morning. So there, there's ways that, that these other ministries can interact with the quote-unquote visible ministries of the church um, to really make a massive difference to the yeah. body. So, uh, Frankly, let me share this thought with you. I've, I've heard it. I've not yet fleshed it out all that well. Church members should volunteer like it's a church plant. That's an interesting thought. Well, I think here's the point. If a if you are at a church plant and you don't volunteer, the church is probably not going to make it. <laughs> that yeah yeah it makes that that is a great way of putting it. Yeah, volunteer like you are at a church plant. Like there there's there's no this isn't my season anymore. Yeah, there, there's always a th- this is my season to serve somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, stealing from the business world, it's like I've, I've worked at a couple of startup companies and, mm-hmm. and like there is no, it's not my job in a startup. Like if it right. needs to be done and you're capable of doing it, you roll up your sleeves and you help do it. So yeah, yeah same mentality. Yeah. I, I know I've, I've said before in a sermon, one of the worst phrases in the church is, well, it's not my job yeah. or yeah. I'm not called to that area or I'm not skilled for that. Mm-hmm. And I joked around saying I've I was never skilled to change a diaper, yet we had three kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> volunteering. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about uh, this second component in engaging the world? How about community outreach? Ah, uh, yeah. So there is the magic question there, right? That that we have to come up with an answer to, which is if Raleigh Road went away tomorrow. Who would care besides us? Would our would our community even really notice other than that there's an empty building with a for sale sign on it? Yeah. So community outreach is hugely important. We we that that's again if you think about extending the kingdom, I mean it starts locally by reaching the community we're planted in. We're we're yeah. here to reach the lost. Yeah. So. I, I think about Jeremiah's commissioning to those who were exiled to Babylonian capti- captivity. Mm. And they went, the exiles went, thinking, this is short-term. Mm. We may be here a couple of days, a couple of months, maybe a year at most. Yeah. And here comes Jeremiah. Oh, poor Jeremiah. Here comes Jeremiah with a message to the exiles. Guys, you're here 70 years. Mm-hmm. Build houses. Build houses. Have families. Get married, plant gardens, plant gardens, yep. and seek the welfare of the city. Yep. That was a to a pagan king and a pagan people and a pagan city that Jeremiah says, "Seek the welfare of the city." Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not so sure that that commissioning is lost in the new covenant. Now, can it be lost? Yes, mm-hmm. but I think there's still a principle behind the local church has purposefully been planted mm-hmm. in a local community, <clears throat> we should we should seek the welfare of our city. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you see it in the New Testament like, with, with how Paul engaged the communities. You know, through the local church, he's there working with the local church, and he would engage the local communities and go out into the, the town square to the, the local temples and proclaim the gospel, meeting people with terminology they could understand. Mm-hmm bringing it to the gospel, the, the absolute truth of the gospel. Um, and uh, so I think that principle is illustrated in the New Testament. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so you have community outreach. That, that's another component of engaging the world. What, what do you do when you go? Here's our last uh, component mm-hmm. of uh, this part of the wheel, engaging the world, personal evangelism. Yeah. Personal evangelism. Franklin, I had an assignment in seminary that initially scared me to death. I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. I, people are shocked to hear that sometimes. I play the extrovert at church. I'm an introvert all the other times of the day. (laughs) (laughs) So here was the assignment in seminary. I had to find five individuals and share the gospel with them and then write a paper about those five encounters with the gospel message. Now, for an introvert... That scared me to death. The extroverts in the class were loving it. They were thinking, easy A. Well, I did it. Mm-hmm. And even though it was not necessarily in my comfort zone, it was so rich, mm-hmm. so f- fruitful. Yeah. And that's what we're called to do. Right. We're, we're called to take the gospel. I mean, the gospel came to us because somebody... Somebody loved us enough to tell us the gospel. Yeah. Yep. And we should have the same type of a burden for the lost to take the gospel to the yep. lost. Yep. And, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Hmm. It, it shouldn't be complicated. Actually, I, I think, you know, there was the, the push in the, the 80s and the 90s, you know, like evangelism explosion and mm-hmm. all of the, the different methodologies where, you know, you're supposed to memorize, you know, 15 different steps to sharing the gospel. And yeah. I think we did ourselves a disservice in thinking that, that that's the only way to do it. Uh, it can, it's as simple as sitting down with somebody and and listening to their story and then engaging with, can I share with you what Jesus has done for me? Here's where I was. Here's how the gospel impacted my life, and then here's the change. And can I share with you how I how I went through that process? And then you just yeah. you walk through the basics of the gospel with them. It can be hugely impactful because it, you're 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 being relational at that point, and and you're you're doing what we should be doing anyway is demonstrating the change that Jesus brings into our life when he when he yeah. saves us and sets us free from from the wrath of God. So wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, letting people know what they what they need to be saved from, mm-hmm. and then tell them about what they're being saved to. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's an outstanding message. So I, I think it's probably fitting. You know, if if you're listening to this episode, let me just challenge you: F- find that one person. Maybe it's a coworker, <clears throat> maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend. You know, find that one person that you can sit down and have a gospel conversation with. Share the gospel. Um, if, if, that, if that absolutely scares you to death, then don't feel bad having a trial run with a friend mm-hmm. and, and, and run by some of the thoughts that you would think that you would say to a non-believer. And I would say this too. A lot of people say, well, what if they ask questions and I don't know all the answers to the questions? Perfectly fine. Join the, join the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not so sure that having all the answers to all the questions is a requirement mm-hmm. to share the gospel. The the grace of God and the and the power of God to save is far greater 
than the flaws that we may have in our delivery of his message. Hmm. He is able to overcome a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And by a lot, I mean he can overcome anything. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to we try to present as well as we can, but yeah, we don't have to have all the answers. It does not have to be a perfect five-point gospel presentation. God can, God's grace covers a lot in that if we are yeah. sincerely engaging with people and trying to share the love of Jesus with them. Yeah. And church, here's how you measure this. When you see when you see folks in the baptismal pools, you're looking for testimonies of one of our church members shared the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. And that's how they came to faith, and that's why they're getting baptized at Raleigh Road Baptist Church. Yep. Man, let's celebrate that. Yep. Okay, Franklin, that's engaging the world. We've got one more area. We've got three things left to talk about. Extending the kingdom. Mm. Extending the kingdom. Um let me introduce to you something that may be new to a lot of folks, a pastoral residency. Franklin, are you familiar with a pastoral residency? Um, yeah, it would be somebody who is in training to, to become a pastor, and, and they spend a period of time, you know, six months, a year, mm-hmm. working within a local church, um, really for the purpose of mentorship and discipleship of their own as they are continuing to be equipped for, uh, for service in the ministry. Yeah. That, that's my take. Yeah, I mean, there's so many logistical things that could look really different. They could stay at host homes. They could stay on the church facility. They could be up at a seminary lodging based on where we are in location to Southeastern Seminary. A uh, lot, lot of different ways this could look. But you're, you're talking about someone who's already said, I'm headed into ministry or really think ministry may be my future. Well, how about we get them here at Raleigh Road, Six, 12 months. I've, I've got a 12-month program written out that says you're going to get to um, be involved with 12 or so different areas of ministry. Mm-hmm. One month may be, hey, you get to work with Franklin and you get to work with all things worship ministry. Because I can tell you right now, if someone says they're going into ministry, there's one thing they better learn how to do, run a soundboard. Uh-huh. They better know how to run that soundboard. You never know when your sound guy is going to be sick and you're going to have to just take care of it. But how, how about the practical things? And, and this is important for us to remember. Seminaries were never created to replace the local church with this. Mm, yeah. Seminaries were created to work alongside the local churches. So where we come in is we take those guys through the practical how-tos of things. Yeah. We just got done talking about baptism. Well, where does a preacher learn how to baptize individuals? Mm-hmm. That's a scary that, that's a scary act to learn and mm-hmm. to do for the first time if you don't know some of the tricks of the trade. So we actually would take a person, one of our residents, into the baptismal pool, and we would practice baptisms. We would practice Lord's Supper, like learning how to... Uh, partake of the Lord's Supper with the staff mm-hmm. and leading the staff. So there's so many practical things that a resident can learn. Yeah. And there's just, there's kind of the day in and day out routine of ministry that you just can't capture or replicate that in a classroom. And so mm-hmm. that practical experience becomes really important. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget first sermons. Oh yeah. yeah. They preach their first sermons and you know, it, it you got to you got to start somewhere. Yep. Got to start somewhere. Yep. Uh, pastoral residency. Um, we've got two left. What if we combine these a bit because okay. they're very similar? All right. Uh, one's a pillar network, and one is missions. Mm-hmm. 
now I say they're they're similar because what Pillar Network is is a is a network of like-minded churches that's all about doing missional work together. Mm-hmm. So church planting, church revitalization, um, you're just doing it with like-minded churches. Mm-hmm. So really, really great resource. Franklin, when you're working with like-minded churches, you, you, you can get to work a whole lot faster. The relationships are a whole lot easier to, to begin. Yep. It, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, in some ways, you see the Pillar Network fulfilling the intent of, like, the Baptist associations within the state. Like, the Mm -hmm. the associations have been difficult. In my experience, has been that they're they're kind of difficult to navigate and and don't really get a lot done. Mm -hmm. Where Pillar Network, you're bringing together those like-minded people who are on the same page uh, theologically and missionally, and and you you get more done. Yeah. Yeah, and you're doing all that for the sake of extending the kingdom mm-hmm. and doing biblical missions. Mm-hmm. Franklin, I've got a crazy thought about missions, missional work. Okay. What if a local church, I've seen this happen before. I'm curious if, if this is a, a good approach to missions or not. So maybe church members, I'm looking for a little bit of feedback here. I, I've seen a church have three-year commitments, Hmm. whether it's a church plant, whether it's a missionary, uh, whether it's a a church revitalization, whatever the scenario, a three-year commitment that says, in these three years, we're going to support you financially, we're going to support you with resources, we're going to support you with teams, and then at the end of those three years, we're going to evaluate, maybe we give another three years to them, Mm-hmm. Or maybe we've got another relationship started. Right. Maybe we want to look to somewhere else for three more years and have two or three of these three-year commitments occurring at one time. It's, that's an interesting concept. Um, I think it would do be beneficial from the, the aspect of it help, would help us focus, right? We, we support, we kind of spread our, our missional dollars in a, a very wide way. Uh, range of, of, of activities right now, a wide range of, of ministries. So that might help us to focus a little bit more and, and ha- be more impactful as a result of focus. Um, I think three years is a good window for, again, giving a ministry time to get off the ground up running and, and having an impact and, and being able to evaluate it well yeah. to see is, is this achieving what it should be achieving um, are they at a point where they can exist on their own and they don't really need our help or we should continue and because there's more work to do and we can we can benefit yeah. by, by continuing the, the relationship so yeah we've been supporting uh, Trail Ross and Pioneer Church mm-hmm. for a couple years now yep. and that was a church plant Rock Hill South Carolina that is currently a, a strong healthy church plant they've had a lot of great resources they've 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 just done well. Mm-hmm. It's been, man, praiseworthy. God's mm-hmm. praiseworthy mm-hmm. Um, for how well they've done. We have another Pillar Network church plant beginning in 2024 in Greenville. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tyler Eason's the church planter. He's going to be coming to preach in October uh, here at Raleigh Road, and we're going to get to introduce um, our church members to him. But you're exactly right. That starts in 2024, it easily takes three years to even get get traction yeah. as a local church. Yeah. And so you're talking about Greenville? 
we could do we could drive over there for day events mm-hmm. easily. We could send resources. We could send preachers. We could we could train their elders. We could do some kids ministry activities, some student ministry activities. We can combine with them for some trips as they're getting started. Yep. There, there's a lot of things we could do in the name of missions. Yep. Well, and 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 have a a visible kingdom extending difference to what we are doing. Yeah. Um, it's right in our backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I can we can we close with just can I, can I share a little bit mm-hmm. of my heart? Yeah. Um, we've titled this episode "It's Time: Moving Forward with the Direction." The reason that 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 title "It's Time" is just sticking; it's stuck in my brain. Uh, Raleigh Road Baptist Church. I just I just want you to hear from my heart. I, I just I really think God is doing something and about to do something absolutely outstanding at Raleigh Road Baptist Church. I think when it comes to our discipling efforts, I think when it comes to our missional engagement of both our local community, to the world, to extending God's kingdom, all things through Pillar Network, just everything we've talked about, I, I just think God is ready to pour out His favor and His blessings upon this church. That's why, to me, it says, I just want to say, it's time, it's now. It's now because God set us up for something just absolutely amazing. And so let's now move forward with direction, which is why Franklin and I wanted to come in and just discuss a little bit of the details of the direction. Franklin, any last words, anything else that you think maybe we missed or need to add to this? I, I think we've covered the intent of the of you know what's in the diagram. Again, you said it at the beginning, right? This is really to help foster more discussion and, and, and help folks to understand, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. But, you know, if, as you have questions or, you know, just we, we want to approach this again with, with the intent of how do we equip, how do we engage, how do we extend the kingdom? And it's really all about bringing glory to God the Father. Yeah, I think I'll end with this one last, uh, really, an announcement. November the 8th, that's a Wednesday night, we're going to have a Q&A session. Uh, on that Wednesday evening for all things of the Great Commission wheel. Uh, we've got other topics, uh, other uh, things of information that will come out on that Wednesday, but November the 8th, uh, we're going to continue the conversation about our Great Commission wheel. So, Franklin, until then, until next episode, until November the 8th, we've got a lot going on. It's time. Let's go. Let's go. It's also time to finish this episode. All right. <laughs> Church, have a great day. Thanks for listening.